Welcome to Off the Record Podcast. <laughs> Brandon already starting off. As soon as we hit record, he cackling over there. But look, we got a special, special, special show tonight. Listen, we got one of our pod bros on here, along with his beautiful wife. For sure. His better half. But this is special because and we're not gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into the podcast a little bit, but we have them here because they stepped into a new well, I'm gonna let them explain that to you guys. But <laughs> they became black business owners and I wanted to celebrate this and we have to celebrate this. So welcome Drew and Jasmine. I call them Mr. and Mrs. Beer God because they are killing. The brewing game. And we all know Drew from Diapers and Haircuts. He's already the beer guy. I dubbed him that a year ago. He just took the game to another level. So we had to have him on to explain what's going on. Drew and Jasmine, welcome. Welcome. Hey, mm. what's up? What's up? Appreciate it. Feel welcome out this joint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you you the bro of the pod, man. You already know that. For sure, for sure. You guys are, have always been allies, you know, and this has been going on like two, three years now. We, we've all been in, in the loot, so, you know, it's, it's, it's always it's good. good to, something like that, you know, it's always good to see y'all doing well, you know, and, you know, we still listening to y'all. We still supporting y'all, so by all means, you know, we, we felt honored when you reached out to us and said, hey, you know, we got to get you on the show, and I was like, hey, when? <laughs> right. You only, you, you only have one request. I don't have what one request. I needed all four of y'all on there. I need all four. Hey, the, hey. the last time we did something in, in a collaboration, all of us w- was under one roof. Unfortunately, it's not that way now, you know, thanks to old, old COVID. But, you know, it is what it is. But in the same aspect, it's always good to see all y'all faces, see that y'all well and, and y'all good to go, you know? Mike, Mike. Let me say something real quick, man, because shout out to Drew. When he came up, um, he knew that I don't, I don't drink beer very often. But mm-hmm. when he came up and we, we did the joint pod, um, he brought me a bottle of Uncle Nears. And I'll be damned by the end of the night, I was lifted. Shout out to Drew for that. Because I now have a couple bottles on my bar downstairs that I keep around just because of that, man. So I appreciate you for doing that. Nah, no worries, man. You know, and, and that's my thing. Like, I, I'm very big on relationships. And, like, I'm not the person that's going to, like, push beer down your throat. If you don't like beer... Cool. If you're willing to try something, okay, we, we can get froggy. But if not, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to, you know, to make sure that you're included on the conversation with whatever it is that, that you like. So whether it's, you know, bourbon, whiskey, tequila, rum, gin, we, no, I ain't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to you. I, Cause I reached out to you. I think it was like last year because I was looking to pick up some beer because I hadn't had any in a minute. And you pointed yeah. me in the right direction, man. So again, shout out to you for that. Hey, anytime, anytime, you know, but we're all about the liquid over here. Yeah, we were definitely hitting Drew in the, in the in the beginning of the pandemic. Like, hey, man, I'm looking for a good beer to try, man. What can you, what can you, what can you lead me to? And you definitely looked out for us, so we appreciate it. But, hey, that's enough about you. We want to get the beautiful lady next to you and hear some more about her. Jasmine, first of all, welcome to Off the Record. Thank we appreciate you. you coming and joining us and joining your wonderful uh, husband with us tonight so tell the people about you a little bit <sighs> all right so i kind of fell into beer because andrew was doing 
I'm sorry, you're Drew. We're we're in formal right now. <laughs> Drew. <laughs> he was doing the uh, beer distribution in DC. So of course I was the guinea pig for everything. I wasn't really drinking a whole lot of craft beer. Um, I wasn't really drinking a whole lot of beer, period. So of course, if it's in the house, he's gonna, you know, try my palate, see what I like, what I don't like. And it just kind of exploded from there. So I guess I could, you could say I've been drinking craft beer maybe about for the, you know, about eight years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was an accident that kind of worked out in a good way because, um, you know, it, it expand everything. I'm not just drinking wine or I'm not just having cocktails. I can have a beer and, it, and, and it's a good beer and I can, it can be, you know. Black girls drink beer, but we'll get to that. <laughs> what's your what's your flavor? You like uh like a like a IPA or or something more light? I do specifically like IPAs, um, more on the New England style. So the hazier, oh. the better, the juicier, the better. Um I will say I'm I'm trying to get into sours. It's not working out. I'm trying to <laughs> try, but you know, everything isn't for everybody, and that's okay. So yeah, know, not, not to sound like a lush, but I use I usually choose the beer that has the highest uh, alcohol content in it. Like, oh, that's yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what so, I try my beers. The quick thing, right? So like, so hazy. So remember when we did the collective um, episodes, we had that spirit bomb. Mm-hmm. I. I I wasn't supposed to pop that second can. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. I yeah. heard about it and didn't hear about it again. So. <laughs> oh. You know oh. what? I was I was trying to remember the name of that because that beer was amazing. It was really, Mariah, really good. Alex has, has said the uh, Kamehameha wave, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That, shout out to those that, that watch Dragon Ball Z, man. That that definitely <laughs> hit the spot. But look, enough about these other beer companies. We're here to talk about Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company, started yep. by Jasmine Drew. Um, listen, man, this is big. This is huge. I love to see it. Just not, I mean, just from the standpoint of uh, husband and wife, you know, black owned uh, but you know knowing drew from diapers and haircuts like i said i dubbed him beer god and to see him doing something that he's so passionate about i was so so excited to hear that man so listen let's just jump into it like where did this come from man how did you guys start with liquid intrusion man and and what made you start this like let i we probably know but let the listeners know what made you guys oh. jump into this Primarily, so like, you know, like I said, my background was in beer sales and all that stuff. So I, I knew how to sell beer, knew how to drink beer, right? We all do. And then um, from there, at that time, you know, I was working for restaurants and all that jazz. And then the the pandemic happened. So I'm at home. I ain't got nothing to do. My wife is teleworking. So I'm irritating the fuck out of her. You got to get out my face. <laughs> you know, find something to do. Go in the other room. Just just stay out of where she I said, am right said, you now. need to find a fucking room. <laughs> so <laughs> from there, um, you know, and I'll go into detail about this because the story should be settled on this podcast. Um, I was able to be blessed to come across a brewing system 
from another black man who was in the service who actually passed of cancer. And his wife had posted it online and was like, hey, um, you know, it's free pickings. I'm never going to brew a beer. This is all my husband's stuff. I'm going to let it go. So it was a complete uh, chest freezer turned into a draft system. It was a three burner, handmade uh, propane burner and all, all that jazz pots, all the things that you need to really start up and get going. So kegs, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I, I slid in her DMs is the best way to say it. And <laughs> I, told her, I, I told her the dream of, of what I wanted to do. I was like, hey, you know, um, I'm a young black entrepreneur. I am very big on beer. This is my background. Um, I would like to try to start my own thing one day. And um, hopefully, you know, um, if you're willing to give me some stuff or stuff is, isn't spoken for, maybe I can come pick it up. And she was like, hey, some stuff, majority of all the things that I really wanted was already spoken for. But she was like, the rest you can come get. She's just got to get a truck and go from there. Mm -hmm. So showed up. Uh, I called my father-in-law. I said, hey, Took I need his poor little truck out the driveway. It was like, hey, I got stuff I need to pick up. It's not going to fit in my truck. So he had to go pick up my father's truck. I said, I need that truck. Yeah. And, and I need do what to you borrow. Do. I was yeah. like, I, I need to borrow your son as well, too. So tag <laughs> <laughs> him along. And then um, the DNH boys came out with us as well. And we went to her doorstep. Nice. And, um, you know, sh she opened the door. And I told her who I was and what, what we were doing and what I believed in. And she was like, look, man. She's like, you remind me of my husband so much with your passion of beer. She was like, although this shit is spoken for, take it off. She's like, take it off. And we're talking wow. about, you know, anywhere roughly to about five to $6,000 worth, worth of equipment. Like um, my draft, my draft lines and all that stuff, like the uh, the pours and everything, they're Perlix and that's considered like the Cadillac of the game. Like I got four of them bitches, you know what I mean? Them things is like 250 a pop. Wow. So I'm like, I'm seeing stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, this is coming into fruition. And then um, after seeing the gentleman going through all of his books, seeing um his notes and all that stuff i'm like damn i would have done the exact same thing so it's kind of like a weird divine intervention mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. we've been practicing styles brewing i found my hobby i'm doing this and i'm like babe try this try this and she's like damn this is actually really good and then there's some days she'll actually come downstairs like hey why don't you show me what you're doing because you know like it there are days where i'm extremely tired and she's like that's just wearing you out maybe i can jump in and help you and to be honest, like, because we got some beers that we'll show you, um, our IPA that we do, I actually, I could, I came up with the recipe, but I couldn't perfect the liquid. And then my wife said, you know what? Get the fuck out the way. I got this shit. <laughs> and then Sometimes it needs a lady's touch. It, it did. And she brewed the hell out of it. And I was shocked. I was stunned. And I was like, hey, how would you feel about making this a thing? How would you feel about like us actually going to market with our with our liquid? And then we was like, you know what, that that'd be cool. And it was like, all right, well, we like calling beer liquid versus calling it beer because it is a liquid. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, you know, um, the representation of African Americans is less than one percent across the nation as far right. as um, black ownership and black representation in the craft beer game. And I was like, you know what? How about we intrude on this market? So hence, Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company. So, you know, scientifically, it's about how porous water is through moss to create wort and then in turn to create beer. But we definitely want to intrude on a market that is less representative, um, whether it's people of color, women, et cetera, et cetera, and go from there. So liquid intrusion. And, uh, and, and our, our thing from there is like, you know, it's all about the liquid. We don't care 
what your background is, you know, uh, your orientation, your race, your financial situation, your credit score, where you are in life. Um, and if we hold true to those values, you know, may the liquid always prevail. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Well, I can see your passion, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for y'all, man. I'm excited yeah. for y'all because you could tell you, I mean, we already knew, but I, our listeners, I, I know y'all can hear his passion and his voice for, you know, this, this seems like this is exactly what you need to be doing, man. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? A lot of people out there looking for like purpose and shit. You seem like you are doing exactly what you need to be doing. And I, I'm happy for y'all too. Yeah, because he's, he's you know, been in the beer industry as far as pouring the beer, presenting beer, I mean, drinking beer, selling beer. And he knows how to market it, but he's never been on the side of selling. Or I'm sorry, mm -hmm. not selling, but making. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was easier. It started, of course, as a hobby because making your own stuff is cheaper. It comes out cheaper. And plus, you know what you're putting into it and you can tweak it to however you want it. So when it got to a point where we thought it was good, okay, let's pass it off to our friends and family. Let's see what they think about it. And we got mainly positive reviews. It was like, okay, well, let's see how far we can take it. And again, we're starting to ship it out to our beer friends across, across the country. Again, getting positive feedback. Okay, let's make this a thing. Um, not just for fun, but let, let's turn this into a business for generational wealth. We're here to... Um, continue the the bloodline of making beer and to make sure that our future is secure as well mm -hmm. it, it, it's funny how this all turned out into you know something that you do for fun but you're making money so hey right. <laughs> so great and and so question to to um to that I, like drew i noticed what you said divine intervention uh, just a few minutes ago when did you actually know or when did you actually act, when did you actually see the divine intervention to where you guys knew like, OK, liquid intrusions can really be something to where it can take off and it can flourish? It was kind of at two points. Um, one, it was definitely when um, the lady uh, who gave me her deceased husband stuff, I was like I was floored at that moment. And I felt at that point I was like, at some point. I need to do something to represent your husband as well, too, which I'll talk about later. Um, but from there, uh, because like she didn't have to give me anything. She she didn't have to say yes. We didn't have to come to our house. And then on top of that, after I talked to her, she didn't have to say, hey, fuck it, take it off. Right. Right. But from there, um, we went up to Barrel and Flow Fest last year. So Barrel and Flow is a uh, black owned black beer festival. So that less than one percent that I was talking about, it's all represented there and everything and where's that it's in pittsburgh okay but you know it's it's in it's coming up in august this year and um you know we'll definitely promote it and all that stuff and i hope to see y'all there you know what i mean but um if not Maybe that there. the biggest thing is that um it's all of that less than one percent is represented there right then from there all of the vendors that's there as far as food black owned people of color um, even people doing other type of vending, vending type stuff. So like artists are selling portraits. There was a t-shirts, there was a cigar shop up there. There was everything. And it's all black owned minority people of color. Mm -hmm. And it's such a overwhelming, beautiful moment. And the biggest thing is like, I don't know if y'all ever been to just any other old beer festival, but like, 
it's not the same. It's a different vibe. It's, it's almost like you're mm. around family. It's very comfortable. Giant cookout. Yeah. So do you do you see like a lot of? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of black beer drinkers, but you know, with with us being less than one percent of the breweries, one would think maybe black folks just aren't into beer like that. But yeah. what what do you guys see? I mean, because I mean, you guys are talking about going to festivals. Do you find it a challenge to kind of like um, to get people who who might not be beer drinkers to 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 try your stuff or, you know, what 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 is it like? What do you see out there as far as black beer drinkers? Are, are we out there like that? Are we out there? We're out there. And it's um, something that we say a lot. You know, a lot of people say they don't like beer or don't drink beer. We just have to find mm -hmm. what style you like. Um, and mm -hmm. that is um, represented in the core four that we'll talk about later. Um, we do cater to those that are novice drinkers all the way up to those that are more complex. So um, like, like Drew said, we are definitely out there. Um, mm -hmm. And it's also just trying to find that safe space or you know, uh, getting more education out there to let them know, you know, okay, well, this is what you look for in a beer. What do you taste when you're drinking a beer? And, mm -hmm. you know, again, you don't have to necessarily start with, you know, the hot bomb or something that is high in ABV to get started. You know, like I said, you can start with, um, you know, the the lower tier yeah, and work your way up depending on how your palate is developing. Yeah. And I'll, I'll hop in there and I'll, I'll backtrack real quick. So, Quan, to finish out about the divine intervention, when we went to Barrel and Flow and we presented all of our beers that, that we took up there, um, we went the first night is like a bottle share so it's everybody's drinking it's a four-hour window of high octane beer we're talking from three percent to 32 percent. so take that for what it is but um i talked to the owner directly hey me and my wife want to present can we do that he said sure that's what it's there for and we went up there as home brewers and we came back as brewers all the brewers that that, that tried our liquid said hey Y'all aren't homebrewers. Y'all are brewers. Y'all got this. Y'all just need to just hone it in a little bit because, you know, we weren't in fancy shirts that we're in now. We just had beer cans and just just shooting the shit. But um, when when we got that affirmation from the less than one percent to say y'all are welcome and y'all can do this, that was mm -hmm. we was like, all right, to the moon. Let's do this. Um, but to get back to what you were saying, Brandon, um, you know, we're out there. Like I said, how my wife said, everybody likes beer. You just don't know what style yet. So it's kind of those things like, well, what do you resonate to? Do you drink beer at all? If so, what kind do you drink? Right. right. And then from there, um, my next question is, well, are you a coffee drinker? If you're a coffee drinker, then boom, I can automatically push you to stouts or darker beers because the roasts mimic what coffee beans give. And there, there's also coffee beer out there as well, too. So, you know, there, there's avenues in the beer and, and there's way to find it. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Do do y'all drink like regular shit like Modelo? Cause I mean, no, that, that's like that's like my favorite shit. bottom of the barrel, like that's like, that's like you know the coffee snobs. They don't drink coffee from Keurigs, like you know. That's like the so, you know. So here's my thing, like you know, Modelo is still a beer, right? There's still Modelo. a market. There's still still a market out there for it. It's great liquid. Don't get me wrong. There, there's still a market out there. And here's the thing about it. Like people try to think bad about Modelo. Negro Modelo is the textbook recipe for a Vienna lager. The mm -hmm. Spaniards who originally brewed, brewed the beer 
went to Mexico and sold the recipe off down there. And then the Mexicans took that shit and made a beer with it. This, so, this is why we call him the beer god. Why do you know that? Why we Because if you I don't know, guys, I really don't. If you That's guys crazy. remember when he when we did the the joint episode and like he told us how to drink it, the beer, yeah, how to sip it, how yeah, to, everything, and it was there. It was totally different. It was a totally different experience than. Me just cracking a can and tossing it back, and just tossing it back. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. Jerusalem is like, wait, 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 hold, wait, 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 wait. Y'all, y'all, y'all not doing this shit. <laughs> let, me, let me show y'all how to. Let me show y'all how it's done. Okay. <laughs> but but speak, speaking of this, I, I want to play this clip, Drew, and and Jasmine, you jump in here on this too, because you know, for us not so beer god people, right? This clip <laughs> I'm about to play for you. I need you guys to break down what the hell you're talking about, okay? Now, it, it listen, what I'm listening to, I'm like, damn, he know what the hell he talking about. But I really don't know. Like, again, I'll speak for myself. I'm not I'm not a beer. That's why I call you. I love beer, but I'm you not a beer guy. Yeah, I would, I would drink like a, a Bud Light or something like that. You know, I don't <laughs> mind it. And then when I told you that, you were like, nah, bro. So that's why I was like, all right, let me get you. help me out, help me find something, especially especially after tasting the beer that you brought to us. So watch this clip and then explain to us in lamest terms what the heck you're saying. Hey, beer friends, okay. Django Brews here. Everybody was asking what was I brewing. So here it is, full video. Did a dragon fruit shandy. Did about five pounds of dragon fruit to this beer. Uh, the flavor didn't really come out the way that I wanted to. So when I racked the secondary, I pretty much went out and bought a bunch of tropical fruits. So it's now a tropical shandy. Uh, sitting about 5% ABV, really good beer. Um, tasting phenomenal. It's now sitting on CO2, so I can't wait to taste when it's finally carved. Um, did use Chick-fil-A Diet Lemonade on this. Uh, no preservative, no additives. Took a little long of a process to filter it out because of my small filter, but nonetheless, it's brewing. So, hey, remember, sanitize your yeast packets, your hands, and your cutting utensils. Cheers. Damn. What the hell does that mean, though? Yeah. Like, what Smug is the like the MacGyver. Yeah, like. The second racking. That was like the MacGyver of beer, yo. <laughs> Bro, like, yeah. Like you can just tell with your face, with your your face, you was honed in like the wizard. Like you knew what is dragon fruit, going. yo? How do you even know? Yeah, like I'm, how do you even know to put dragon? Fruit? Wait, wait, wait! I need to know what racking is, the second rack or whatever. I'm probably saying it wrong, and all of that. Like what is all? Of, like explain that whole process you just you just went through. All right, so starting out, so one dragon fruit, tropical fruit. I have something that I was like, you know what? A dragon fruit shandy would sound dope. You know what I mean? Because um, the biggest thing, like for us, um, back in my my beer rep days, Line and Kugel Summer Shandy was like the beer of the summer mm -hmm. before Sours came out. And I was like, you know, we could probably corner that and make it happen because it's traditionally a German style beer. Um, and you don't see people of color making shandies. So why not? Right. But um, from there, I was like, well, let me put a twist on it and see what we can do. So we said, well, I'm like, babe, what do you think about Dragon Fruit? Like, well, yeah, that's cool. And when we got it, we was like, mm, we don't know how to, how this is going to take because the flavor was very mild. It wasn't super sweet. Right. So it's it was not like, very sweet. So it was like, okay, cool. So um, I'm trying to think of the video of everything that I said in there. So <laughs> starting out, um, we said tropical uh, dragon fruit shandy. Then we added a bunch of tropical fruit to it. So we did 
uh, papaya, guava, mango, uh, papaya, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think watermelon. I said that twice. Watermelon. Pineapple. Um, pineapple, stuff like that, just to try to bring out that tropical flavor to the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I said rack in the secondary, that means transferring your beer from a primary vessel to a secondary vessel. So when you do fermentation, fermentation goes into your primary. So primary fermentation, that's where you pitch your yeast. Um, and the thing about beer, so to kind of dumb it down, think of fermentation process and yeast and stuff like that is like um, yeast eats fermentable sugars to like create, create alcohol. So it's like Pac-Man eating the eating oh, white dots, sure. right? Okay. So while you're in fermentation, you're creating alcohol, but also when you are in fermentation, uh, primary fermentation, you don't add a lot of your adjunct fresh fruit to primary. You add it to secondary. So once when the beer is totally clean, yeast is falling to the bottom and it's done from it, you rack it to secondary, which pretty much means transfer. And you're taking it out of the yeast. So the yeast is it's, it's giving it a, a second chance to clear up more and then you can add your additional adjuncts to it as well. Right. So when I said from there, um, it's tasting pretty good because from there, every step of the way of the brewing process or when you go to mashing, which is where you're extracting the the fermentable sugars, it's pretty much steeping a bunch of grains in hot water, Mm -hmm. right? Then you go to boil. That's where you start adding your hops and all that stuff. Then you chill it down to fermentation temperatures because yeast lives at certain temperatures and it's a different range. For every every style of yeast, yeah. there are some yeast that survive at 100 degrees. So if you're in the summer, put it in the garage and let it go. <laughs> and there's some yeast that survive at 32 degrees. So you have to maintain that, that temperature because the yeast reacts a certain way and gives off cer- certain flavors. When you rack the secondary, like my wife said, you're trying to clear up the beer a little bit. Any particulates, it'll float to the bottom. But if you leave beer on yeast too long, it'll give off flavors, and that's something that that you don't want. So from there, I said, uh, can't wait to put it in the keg and put it on CO2. So for beer to get its bubbles, it's CO2. So you hook up CO2, you do about 12 to, if you're really trying to quick carb, you can do about 40 PSI for about five hours. But if you're trying to really carb perfectly, it's about 12 PSI of CO2 on the beer. And that'll help it get its carbonation, its bubbles and go from there. Um, And that's what helps create head retention on top of the beer. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And the entire process is about three to four weeks. Yep. Three to six weeks, depending on the style of beer. Wow. So you three to six weeks for how how much how much of it are you making? Like it's it, like a barrel of beer, or it takes right three to six weeks for working, that. Yeah. Right now we're working at five gallons, which is about um, a case of what's that? Twenty four beers it's about. about Two two cases. So. Two cases. Yeah. Here. Sorry, about, my math ain't mathing. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But yeah. So and no matter the volume of liquid that you're producing, the time frame of brewing is going to, going to be the same. The brewing process takes about eight hours mm-hmm. of your day. Then when it ferments, that's about one week. You go to secondary fermentation. That's two weeks. Then you rack to a keg. Then you put it on CO two. That's got to do about a week and a half. Yeah. So you're about close to a month to actually serving the beer. And y'all do y'all own bottling too? Canning, like, brother. Can, can, canning? Canning. canning. Oh, whoa, whoa. whoa. How, okay, okay. How do, you, how, do you, how, do you, how do you put it? How do you put it in the can and see? <laughs> like, I, I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, like watching a Disney movie right now. So we have a can seamer in the house. 
is actually downstairs. Um, what we do is uh, we actually take the beer. We'll pour it from the tap when it's when it's perfect and ready to be served. Um, we'll pour it up to the rim. We got lids. Put it on there. Can seamer. It's a little arm that like pretty much puts two seams on it, mm-hmm. and it it crumps it down, and you're good to go. You can get yourself a cold beer. That's dope. That's then, uh, dope. We'll, look, look at y'all. We'll 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 slap a sticker on it. Well, well, the label, but it's not a sticker, and, and then then go from there. But um, everything that we do, uh, the liquid, mm. the promotion, all that stuff, all the canning, us. the labels, everything. creating the labels, it's all us. It's it's really dope that you guys have decided to to start a black owned brewery because a few months ago, um, the brothers from Black Viking out in Montgomery County got on my radar. And so mm-hmm. I've been been looking into that more. So it's it's crazy that that you know I know somebody that has opted to start this kind of company. You know, you mentioned it being less than one percent of of black people in this. I've been wanting to get my hands on it, man. I've been wanting to get a hold of Sean and, and Jamil, man. So, but it, but anyway, um, less than one percent of black black brewers out there, right? And it's funny because you see athletes, rappers, entertainers always do things like black owned cognac, right? Like black owned fruity drinks. Um, why don't more black people get into this? Cause black folks do drink beer. So like what's stopping so many from giving it a go? Is it just the cost? Because to your point, it's $5,000 worth of equipment. And it's crazy how God removed that obstacle out of your way, right? For you guys mm-hmm. to get this stuff and to do what you're doing. But is it really just a cost thing where we can't afford to get into such an industry? So it's it's a lot of things, right? So one, it's about what's what beer is actually marketed to us, right? So once again, it's going to be the mainstream beers, Miller Lite, Coors Light, Modelo, right? Um, and then if you go back, call it what, 10, 15, maybe 20 years to, you know, our parents and all that stuff, what was marketed oh, to them? What liquor and stuff, right? <laughs> so, so Shout out to Billy D. But yeah. <laughs> oh, cold, cold. Cold for sorry, but from there, <laughs> from there, you know, you have um all these beers, all these beer styles, because there's hundreds of them out there. They were still out there, they were still a thing, but it just wasn't for us. Mm-hmm. But then once when you know some younger generations actually came across it, you know, some people being a unicorn like me actually working in these industries, like, you know what? This is actually really good. This is a thing, there's actually quality beer out there versus me out drinking the same thing because we can all say <sighs> Miller Lite, Coors Light, Bud Light is damn near the same thing. You know what I mean? They're all different brew <laughs> practices and all that stuff. But, you know, it, it adheres to the same market and it's just that easy, easy to go to American beer. But like when you get the craft beer, there's quality ingredients that's actually in there. There's a uh, quality adjuncts and there's actually time, effort and love into it. So, um, to start a brewery, yes, it is cost. Cost is, is a thing. And for that, you know, you need you need buku bucks to start a brewery. But now that a lot of these breweries are hitting their plateau and their brew schedules are not as vast as it once was, how do they keep the cash drawer ringing without producing so much so much more liquid to funnel out there? And then you get into the realm of contract brewing or alternating proprietorship which helps the little people, the little brewers, actually get into a place to brew at a larger scale and be able to mass distribute their liquid, which is something that we're looking to do as well. 
So the gift and curse is primarily finances and creative control. So contract growing is like, okay, um, I'm going to come into your house. I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars for you to produce my recipe, which I have to hand over to you. Right. And I have to really hold on to your integrity that you're going to brew it to the specs of what I want. Right. And alternating proprietorship is that I'm going to come into your house. I'm going to pay you to rent your vessels and days to use your equipment. And I'm going to come in and I'm going to brew my own stuff myself. And I'm going to keg it. I'm going to can it. And I'm going to do it my own way. And then from there, you know, I can take it to market. Both ways you can take it to market. It's just how quickly your beer can be turned around and how receptive the market is to your liquid is as well. And that's a very quick way. Now, yes, does that cost money? It does. Does it cost as much money to create a brick and mortar and do upfront and all, all that jazz? No, it's barely a quarter of that, right? So, and the more barrels and batches that you turn over, the more capital that you can raise to where you can actually get your own brick and mortar and go from there. And it also could be a factor of intimidation. Um, when it comes mm. to craft beer, um, you see the market that you see or the audience that you see majority of the times are white men with, you know, flannel vests, flannel shirts, long, long beards. <laughs> lumberjacks. And, and, <laughs> yeah, the lumberjacks. So it, it doesn't seem welcoming because, again, when you're going to certain beer bars, you might be the only Black people person in there. And they might try to gravitate you to more towards, you know, a lighter Pilsner or... Um, a lighter IPA, not knowing, okay, well, I'm coming in to get a farmhouse. So I'm coming in to get um, a double dry hop IPA or something. And, mm. you know, you start talking and they finally realize that you know what you're talking about. Then it's like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's get you here. Let's have you, let's, if you like this one, let's try this one. Right. So mm. um, I, I do think that it's, like I said, just going back um, to what I said before, the whole um, thing of education. Um, it mm. could be a thing where someone didn't have a great experience trying, you know, something new and they just go back to what they what they what they're comfortable with. And then the next thing that really put black folks on the radar, especially in this industry, is the cultural appropriation that's going on. There are a lot mm. of beers out there with rap lyrics with rappers on them, like uh, the uh, Bill Street Space Space Age sipping. They balling MJG <laughs> on there. You know what I mean? But. It's the beer is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. The beer is phenomenal. But <laughs> is is the brewery black owned, or how diverse is the employees in the brewery? You know what I mean. So you can be deemed to actually really have these uh, beers with all of these things on. I've seen a beer with um, you know, the Outcast Stankonia uh, album cover on it. Brewery's white as hell. You know what I mean. But that the things that's going on in the industry, the, the cultural appropriation. You know, people feel like it's okay that, you know, it's it's hip, it's vibe, it's nostalgic, but also what it is that you're representing has nothing to do with the culture. And that's that's the issue. Mm. One of the reasons I stopped drinking beer all those years ago, or at least I don't drink it regularly anymore, is because it's it's high in carbs and, you know, it can make you gain a lot of weight. Is it possible to produce a good beer that's not high in carbs? or or, or And are you guys doing things like that? So is is it possible? Yes. Is it something that we kind of want to do? Maybe. Not right now. Um, 
a, a, the biggest quick fixes to brew a salsa, which is something I don't want to do. But in the same aspect, there's a market out there for it, right? There are people that are health conscious that that can do it. Um, the light beers, there are a lot of breweries that, that I see now nowadays that are doing light beers because in the middle of COVID, everybody was drinking beers while teleworking and et cetera. And they gained a lot of weight. So I was like, well, how can I, how can I curve this? Um, but it's, there's ways to do it. Um, there's ways to do low, low alcohol beers as well, as well too. Gluten-free. Gluten-free as well. So, but right now, are those things that we want to do? No. Will we look at some of these things? Yes. Hmm. So you guys spoke on um, the education of, of it and, um, I wanted to play another clip that I have queued up for you guys. Um, you guys recently were featured or, or part of a feature on WUSA 9. Um, so I want to play this clip, and then I want you guys to kind of tell us a little bit more of um, this movement, this movement that you guys kind of staked your claim in. I mean, you kind of, you guys kind of went into that, but I want to get a little more from you on that. So let me play the clip for everybody. Black owned brick and mortar brewery in our area. Who want to try a Mai Tai seltzer? Mai Tai? Yes. Mai Tai? Yes. And on this particular day, Man, I have to talk to you. It's vicious, ain't it? That brewery this is, what seltzers are supposed to taste like. is where the DMV's black beer brands got together. Joy Hound, definitely. Some meeting. Great beer. For the very first time. This is an industry that's underrepresented as far as diversity, and that's a problem. It's really about education and access. We realized there wasn't a space for us. And first of all, shout out to y'all, man. That is that, yeah. is, that is super dope. Um, and I'm glad Big that. Shit. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they they putting that in the on the forefront, especially in this area, right? Um, but yeah, man, give us a little bit more about this movement that you guys are a part of. And you know, like you said, that I mean, we spoke about it a lot on here. That one percent, um, like. Are y'all ready to carry? Y'all, y'all might have to carry a lot on your shoulders to to put put you guys and put us black beer drinkers on the map, and especially in this area that we're in. So, man, tell us more about that. So, you know, for us, like, so Alex headed to Black Viking. So, Sean and Jamil is a very good example of what you, what you're talking about, right? So, like, you know, um, how we kind of really stepped out there on social media. Um, I was just on his IG lives and next, you know, he was like, Hey, one day I want to get you on, on IG live and talk about your brand because I'm very um, curious about what you guys got going on. And I think it's really dope. And I was like, yo, cool. And from there, me and Sean has been like this, like he, he's a legit ally. And then um, he later on had Patuxent Bruin on his live. And they said uh, on a Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday on a Thursday, they was like, Hey, any black homebrewers or anything like that that want to come down here and have, have us try try your try your beer, bring it. I drug my wife down there on a Saturday, <laughs> same week, and <laughs> we sat there and we gave them the liquid. We tried them on it, and they were they they were very receptive to it. So from there, we've always been in in the back of their mind. We've always showed up. We've always answered the call whenever whenever anybody asked asked anything of us. So once again, when this um, scenario happened, it went to one brewery. And they was like, well, why not? I don't want to do just me. How about we do the whole DMV and show what the DMV is doing? And we're so blessed that they actually thought of us, you know. And um, with that, that mindset, everybody is like, okay, we're our own brand brewery, what we got going on. But we're all standing in solidarity, you know what I mean? Arms locked and doing whatever it is that we can to help 
represent ourselves as black brewers and also represent the DMV as a whole. So there's people all the way from Waldorf all the way up to Baltimore that are black breweries and, 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 and black, black brands. That's including DC as well, too. So for all of that, we're all in a group chat. We all talk. If we anybody's running into a bind or if they got an issue or something like that, everybody's willing to help or give, you know, advice or whatever the case may be. Um, and if anybody has a lead on something to say, hey, I got this going on, y'all should probably do this too. So it's one big giant collective and um, it's we're, we're more stronger in numbers is the best way to say it. And I think it's a great opportunity to bring diversity further south. Um, a lot of, and not even just the minority owned uh, beer brands or uh, beer brick and mortars, just breweries as a whole are what we call north of D.C. So, you know, mm -hmm. northern PG County, Montgomery County, Anne Arundel County. Once you get to central PG yeah. and down, there's maybe three. So to bring diversity is one thing because, you know, like we said, we, we want to widen the 1%. So one day we can say, oh, it's just a beer bar. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be black owned. We want to get to that point where we're expanding just that much. But um, yeah, we, we want to bring awareness that there are beer drinkers further south in, you know, D.C., Southern PG, Charles County, St. Charles, Calvert. There, mm -hmm. We're down here. And then from there, you know, PG County is, you know, one of the most affluent, uh, predominantly black counties in, in the United States. And there's no representation of craft beer here whatsoever. So it's like, once again, that's one of the things that I feel of myself and uh, with my wife that we need to answer answer that call, you know what I mean? And I think that that's something that, that we can do. So, um, but the collective as a whole, it was dope. Um, they pretty much invited us all down to uh, Patuxent Brewing. Everybody showed up with, with their nail on, they brought their, their cans, their beer and all that stuff. And it was just a great, joyous event. And everybody was trying to eat each other's liquid. And then, you know, there were some um, customers that came in there as well too. And, they got to try everything and follow us on social media and see what what we what we were all about and going from there. So you know, I was uh talking to everybody and funneling people to to Jasmine to try the beer, preaching my you know made a liquid always prevail and all that jazz. He's, he's and, the mouthpiece. He's the he has to get <laughs> So there's that. You gotta you gotta throw the passion in the forefront. That's what okay. gets everybody going. That's you know that's the thing. That's great. That's great. Um, now I have I do have a question for y'all because I do notice that you guys have about four different flavors as of right now, correct? That's okay. Right. So and they sound amazing. <laughs> All four of these flavors sound amazing. So the first flavor you guys have is the pump the plum basil. Uh second is the lemongrass uh saison. Saison. Saison, excuse me, excuse me, my excuse my friend. Saison. <laughs> My child. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> okay. Let's let so let me jump in here real quick on you, Quan. Like while we talking about the beers, man, can y'all give us a little bit of a rundown of each each yeah. flavor? You know, so the Actually, listeners can know. Let us go back. We're going order. We're going order. Okay. So, okay. Um, <laughs> like I said, we um try to cater to the masses. We start off with um our more novice drinkers all the way up to our more complex. So, you know, everybody has something in one of these, uh, what we call our core four. So okay. our first one is what we call our South of, South of DC cream ale. Let me get it right. 
And, uh, and for those that, you know, because of who I am, you know, the host that I try to be, those that can't see the full uh, can, I got I got this for y'all to see. This is this is the sticker ah. on the can. <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is the sticker <laughs> on the can so you can see it. So and go ahead guys, give a give a rundown of, of uh what, what was behind creating this one and uh what it tastes like. So as you can see, um we are brewing this at five percent. This was actually one of my ideas as well because um Andrew's <laughs> not necessarily a fan of cream ale, but we needed something that um what we call light and crushable, something that you can drink, you know, under the trees, chilling out and you know at the beach. Um, this is actually um the base to the shandy that we were speaking of earlier. So um, this is actually a pretty quick beer to brew. Um, light in taste, like I said, um, cream ale, cause you know, cause we are 30 minutes south of DC. <laughs> and did you wanna add anything so to it? So the thing with cream ales, right? So cream ales are, are the L version of a lager, right? So lagers are, you know, your Miller Lite, your Coors Lights, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, Ales ferment faster than lagers. Ales take about, like I said, about 30, 30 days to, to turn over. A lager takes about three months. So with mm. us being so small scale, we want to be able to flip beers as fast as possible, create more and brew in abundance. And once when we get more space, we can actually start lagering and presenting a beer that's remotely close to those drinkers. But for right now, that's something that is very clean, easy drinking, goes with any occasion, right? So like, you know, sports, sports betting, uh, <laughs> you know, um, anything from like, you know, football and, and it pairs great with, with, with any food, hot summer day, you can knock those back. If you're cutting the grass, you can drink that while you're on the ride more, you know, and, and go from there. And if you're familiar with Genesee in Rochester, New York, that was our inspiration. They make a phenomenal cream ale. And yeah, we wanted to to see how close we can get to that recipe. Okay. Dope. Dope. Right, what else y'all got? What else y'all got? <laughs> so, okay. so the next one's going to be the lemongrass saison, right? Lemongrass. Yeah, my fault. This is... Saison. The saison. Hey. Hey. <laughs> saison. So the lemongrass saison, right? So um, it is brewed with and dry hop with uh, fresh lemongrass and sriracha hops. Coming at you about 7% ABV, so a little bit more of a heavier drink. Um, Saisons are a style that's brewed by the Belgians and the French, right? They can be light and effervescent. They could be very funky in smell and taste. Um, they're a pretty wide range style of adjuncts, flavors, smells, and, and et cetera, right? Um, the inspiration behind this beer is behind Mr. Garrett Oliver. Y'all have heard me talk about him so much. Um, mm -hmm. Black man, head brewer of the Brooklyn Brooklyn Brewery. He used to make a beer called uh, Sriracha Ace, and it was phenomenal. You don't see it no more down here, so I wanted to kind of try to do another rendition of that. Um, lemongrass gives off a very deep, earthy kind of gingery taste, and the Sriracha mm. Ace gives very good uh, uh, lemony, lemon zest flavor and aroma as well. So um, the beer mm. is very funky to the taste, a little bit medium-bodied great smell on it and go from there we pair this with seafood i did want, want to make sure we had a beer that went great with seafood right so um oh. anything so you know i used to work at a belgian beer bar so i'm very big on muscle so even if you're drinking this beer with your food you can also cook with it as well too so i could be one of those bases if instead of you doing 
white wine muscles, how about you put a little bit of lemongrass saison in your muscles or something like that? Um, we're also doing like, you know, flake fish, um, any type of seafood dish, this would normally pair well with as well, too. Dope, man. Nice. Outstanding. Outstanding. What you so got? Right along, um, this is my pride and joy. This is um, what I call our hot bomb. This is our African queen and her seven seas IPA. One of our more popular ones. One of our more oh. popular ones. Um, like we said before, um, this was. Right. But, you know, like I said, you know, some things just need a lady's touch. So. <laughs> This is brewed with African queen hops um, coming out of um, South Africa. gives more of, of those stone fruit flavors, as well as your Falconer's Flight 7 Seas. So that is a hop that begins with seeds. So Columbus, Chinook, uh, Cluster, Cascade. Citra, Cascade, and I'm missing one more. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. But um, as you can see, it's coming in at 6%. Um, and it, the Falconer's Flight 7 Seas complements the African queen because um, it gives off those citrus flavors. So like I said, um, this is one that I was able to brew um, or to help Andrew perfect. I still need his muscle to pick up certain things. <laughs> if, if, if I was able to do it all myself, I could, but I still need my honey. Um, <laughs> so definitely great beer. This is the hot bomb. You know, the 6% kind of makes the beer kind of middle of the road as far as alcohol and taste is, is concerned, but the hops knock you out of the park. Um, great smell, great body of that beer. Um, the can art is phenomenal. Um, you know, that's something that I really that, want, wanted to do. We wanted to, to do beers that pop on the shelf, right? That's that's a little bit of a marketing scheme because when you look at, if you're a novice drinker and you go, in, go into a, you know, a beer store or something like that, you're normally looking at, at what's eye level. And if you're a new brewery, they'll put you anywhere on the shelf, top, bottom, side to side. And I feel like all of these labels are something that, that's going to pop. And how we really want to do this, if you're looking at like a six-pack or a four-pack, one can will say African Queen, and then the other side, we want to have the can twisted to the point to where the African Queen is what you're actually looking at. So this is something that that definitely sits well on the table. Um, it's an, an attention grabber because you don't never see a black woman with a head turban on on a, on a can of beer. No, no I've don't. never seen that. This is the first. They, so they need like a like a like a mahogany section, you know, where, like like for Hallmark where they have that, like the black owned uh -huh. beers and like the mahogany section. Yeah, hey, that's an idea, man. It's a great that's idea. Not yeah, that would be so, dope. That would be dope. You got one more. You got one more. Yeah, yeah, one more. Yeah, yeah. One more. Oh, it's on me. Yeah, My bad. All right, so next one we got here <laughs> is the uh, plum basil. My bad. my bad, my bad, my <laughs> bad. Oh, hold on, let me, let me, let so, me, let, hold on. Let's Basil. show the can. Let's see the can first. Let's see the can. Yeah, first. I, I don't want, I don't want to cut the can off. Show the can. My bad. <laughs> I, I, I was a little quick on the draw. Okay, there's the can. I you just, good, bro. I just, you good. You're good. I just wanted people to be able to He's read and see the label. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Whoa. our plum basil farmhouse though comes in at nine percent ABV. Um, this beer is our, our highest a ABV beer. If we're going in the level of, like, say, from, like, our novice drinker, this is our most complex liquid that we actually produce. Uh, farmhouse ales are traditionally beers that the Belgians and French, once again, 
once when they got done with harvest, whatever crops was left over, they would throw them over into the boil to produce beer. And farmhouse ales aren't normally 9%. They're about seven and, and under. But our story behind this beer definitely mimics what the Belgian and the French did. So my father-in-law, my wife's father, has a plum tree. And he had a very big harvest and was like, hey, y'all need to get over here and get these plums because my neighbors are actually stealing them off the tree. <laughs> so we actually didn't make it over there. So he brought down like four bags of plums and said, hey, brew a beer with it. I'm like, okay, I'm a little overwhelmed by this, but we'll see what, 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 what we can do. Then the next day, uh, my manager, she has a, a herb garden, a spice garden and stuff like that. She's like, yo, I got this basil plant. It's about to die. Um, you should probably take it on and, you know, brew a beer with it. So I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with this? So one day I was like, you know what, Jasmine, let's, you know, dice up this uh, basil real quick, put it on a plum and try it. And it was like, oh, shit, this is really good. good. Mm. And I started thinking like, okay, we can brew a beer with this, probably put some Belgian yeast on it and let it go from there. So, um, and this beer takes the most time, effort and love for. We brew this beer with five pounds of fresh plums, about three ounces of uh, fresh basil. So that's a lot of work of deep, deep hitting uh, plums and all, all that jazz. And um, the beer comes out phenomenal. Um, this beer is very complex, very heavy. Uh, it comes out very sweet, tart with the plum. Nice little uh, rose color to it as well, too. Um, then from there, the basil undertone earthiness comes through, and then it finishes, finishes off with a very lemony tart taste from the yeast. Um, complex, a very long, weird ride for your palate, but it's very pleasant. This beer is very received very well. This was a beer that we didn't think was going to work. It was like one of those things like, you know, you know, uh, Bob Ross, happy accident, you know what I mean? And, um, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Like even all the breweries that, that we, we've given it to when we was in Barrel and Flow, even at the round table discussion, everybody's like, yo, that's the one. That is the one. It was like, okay, cool. And even though it's it's at nine percent and it's a sneaky nine percent, you is. don't realize it until you're probably drinking too fast and now you're sitting there sweating trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> oh. So I mean, so, and you guys have you guys have seasonal beers too, right? Two seasonal beers. Well, we actually have we we have four seasonal seasonal beers, okay. but you probably know about two. So uh, one of them is the Strange Fruit Shandy, which you put up the video on. There it is. Um, the Strange Fruit Shandy, once again, it was our trop, uh, Dragon Fruit Shandy, but we call it Strange Fruit, right? Because we did a bunch of strange fruits in there to, to kind of bring it out. The base of the liquid is the cream ale, and we blend it with lemonade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we also wanted to call it Strange Fruit to pay homage to Nina Simone with the song and everything like that, but we didn't want to be too out there with it, so with the logo... We put the piece of pineapple that looks like watermelon on the inside. Dope. Um, dope. So that oh. right there will be our, our our summer seasonal. That one's really good. Um, we're 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 hoping to corner the market for rooftop bars, things of that nature. It's like, all right, we're out here, you know, drinking something light, e- easy to go. And if if you don't want flavor in your stuff, then just grab a you know South of DC cream milk. Okay, and this is the other one that I have. Hey. Oh, good old solo season. So that is our pumpkin ale, uh, 5.5. So <laughs> the inspiration behind this name, um, like I said, it's, it's our fall, fall seasonal. 
around that time, you'll have, um, you know, certain people that have come out in their, you know, like I said, their flannel uh, shirts or their flannel vests, and they're wearing the boots, and they're, <laughs> you know, drinking ah. those spiced lattes. So when, you know, you're thinking about that, like oh, wait a minute, that kind of thinks of, think of Han Solo. He wears <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, here we go, solo season. And this will probably be our first season desist. <laughs> but we're out here having fun with it. Let me, so, let me, um, let me take that off then. Let me take that off. I, <laughs> no. I <laughs> well, I, yeah, I actually wanted to try that one. one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, I, I, I'm going to try to own, I'm going to try, yeah, try to own my, uh, my pumpkin donut. Especially when it's oh, yeah. a little bit nice, yeah. and, you know, it's spiced really good. up. It's dope liquid. Um, The liquid's rather, it's a little bit more on the brown ale side. Compared to what you normally see in a pumpkin beer, uh, we brew it with real pumpkin, real vanilla, uh, real cinnamon. Oh, wow. uh, was a coriander and uh, nutmeg in there as, as well. Uh, we put a little bit of lactose in there because I really wanted your brain to kind of uh, register that you were actually eating a slice of pumpkin pie with a dollop of whipped, mm. whipped cream on top, and mm -hmm. it came out phenomenal. Once again, it, it got received very well because you know, uh, just to be true, you know, us black folks, we don't eat pumpkin pie like that. But if you drink this pumpkin ale, it's like, oh shit, I might need me a slice. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you guys have two other seasonal that I missed? We do. So, you didn't miss them. We actually haven't released the logos for them oh, or anything okay. like that. Okay. okay. So, um, our Q1 beginning of the year for St. Patty's Day, we want to do a dry Irish stout. Um, it's a beer that I've brewed a lot, but I haven't actually created a label for. Um, we wanted to make sure we had a dark beer for the dark beer drinkers as well, too, to show that we're not just only brewing just lighter color beers and th things of that nature. Because, you know, some people, we're prepared for questions of, love. well, why don't you have a stout year-round, or et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, sometimes stouts, they don't sell as fast in the summer and springtime right. versus, you know, some other things. Like, yeah, there's St. Patrick's Day. That's the day. But other than that, you know, it kind of falls off until the season comes around. Um, so that's for uh, St. Patrick's Day. And then our winter L, we're calling it a poker reference, Flop Turn River. Okay. Okay. So okay. it's a winter L brewed with fresh apples, ginger, and cinnamon. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How, how, we get, how do we get our hands on some of this 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 craft beer? Like, can I can I get it directly from you, or or can I go to the store and get it? Well, to the OTR boys, you can get it directly from us. All right, oh, that's right. that's that, that's how we roll. But currently, right now, we're in um, our licensing phase. So okay. right now, we're kind of at a standstill. But what we're looking to do um, to anybody that's listening. Follow us uh, on our social media, so Lipco2021, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and then, you know, Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company, Facebook. But go to our website, lipcobeer.com. Um, we're going to start selling stickers. And um, the stickers will be a little bit expensive, mm -hmm. but there will be, be a, a surprise. There'll be the a box. surprise in there for you, you know. Okay. And um, that's that's what we want to do to try to get the, the train rolling for us and start building some more capital for us. Um, but also with that, um, there's a newsletter on there. So definitely sign up to that and you can be a part of everything that, that we got going on. But uh, for the uh, OTR boys, 
we'll talk after we uh, get off the live and we'll go from there. Yeah. Also to the listeners, yesterday's price ain't today's price. Yeah, right. Just remember that. <laughs> Just remember know that. But no, man, listen, this is amazing. Um, I have another clip that I want the people to see of you guys. Um, kind of highlighting the biz that you just that you just went over, man. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you guys were in, in a competition and you did pretty well. Yep. All right, so let me let's take yep. a look at this. And then and then hold that hold that jazz and then I want you to I want you to start and let me know how this competition went. I got rock out oh, session man. right there but oh man yeah listen man i seen as everybody can see watching i see a lot of ribbons there man so how was that competition process man how, how did it go i mean what were your expectations when you entered like give us a little bit on that so <laughs> Again, this kind of we kind of fell into it because um, we go like like you know like we said we're brewing the beer we're bringing it back to our homebrew shop um, shout out to Annapolis Homebrew in Savannah Park but um, we were going back and forth having them sample certain um, beers that we had and they brought up to us the idea of entering a um, the the county fair the Anne Arundel County Fair. And we're like, oh, but we don't live in Anne Arundel County, you know. Oh, that doesn't it doesn't matter. You can still enter it. So it actually fell the same weekend as Barrel and Flow. So um, we pretty much hustled getting all the beers canned for uh, Barrel and Flow, as well as um, getting the beer prepared to be entered into the uh, county fair. Um, the fortunate part is that we didn't have to be present, so you know it's an anonymous uh, entry. They were able to transport it for us because, again, it's anonymous. They, you know, they don't know whose is who. And we came back with uh, two ribbons. So the lemongrass saison on one second place, and the uh, farmhouse ale, the plum basil farmhouse ale, won first place as well as first in its class. So we're like, mm -hmm. okay, we're mm -hmm. out here doing it. Um, we had high expectations, mm -hmm. you know. Here tooting the horn, but <laughs> oh, we we knew we was going to win, so it is. <laughs> Joking, no. Um, it, it was dope. Unfortunately, like I said, we, we had to hightail up to Pittsburgh for uh, for Barrel and Flow. But when we came back, like the homebrew shop was so ecstatic. Oh my god, you won! You won! You won! I was like, we did? Huh? I was like us? <laughs> and um, because once again, everybody that we tried the the plum basil one, they were all about and. The lemongrass placed second because one of the judges hates lemongrass. It wow. would have won. It would have won. Love it, that. That's about it. 
But um, yeah, and that that's another thing that kind of goes into that divine intervention. It's like, okay, well, maybe we're we're not doing we're not doing wrong here. We're on to something. This liquid yeah. is good, and um, yeah. just kept pressing on the roof there. Yeah. Well, look, man, and then you, so obviously that was a busy weekend for you guys, and you know, just a couple snapshots for the listeners and the watchers. Like, clearly, you guys are out here traveling. Making moves, making connections. I believe this was in Ohio. Yep. So okay. that is a uh, sizzle from uh, Crafted Culture Ohio. So he is a black craft brewer with a brick and mortar, and he has uh, a black bar that he does only black owned spirits in. So if you want uh, Hennessy, you're not going to get it there because it's not black owned. He's selling <laughs> conjure. You know what I mean? Okay. And he's actually his his total bar, all all the liquors that, that he's that he's carrying, he's like the number 10 account in the state. Wow. Nice. Dope. So he he's doing big things and all of his beer names are pretty dope. We're looking to do a little collaboration in, in the future with him and uh going with it from there. And then again, I think this was Cincinnati, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, so we were uh, y'all, y'all moving, y'all making moves. Yeah, it was actually a semi spur of the moment trip. Um, so my mom is actually from Cincinnati, and okay. I wanted to give Drew a tour of you know she grew up and you know turn into a beer tour as well. So this was actually one of the spots that we stopped in Esoteric Brewing, um, Brewing Company, which is actually the first black-owned brewery in Cincinnati. So we definitely had to go in, show some respect, try their beer, and we had a good old time. And um, yeah, that's the owner. His name is Brian Jackson. Great guy. Produces great liquid. Um, he was very humble. Like, cause when we sat down, I said, "Oh, well, what, what makes you, what, what brings you in?" He was like, "Oh, we're from Maryland. I'm just trying to see Cincinnati, and we're actually in the process of opening our own brewery." And it's like the antennas went up, and he yeah. was he sunk his teeth in, <laughs> in all us. Like how he had has his arm around us in that picture. We were like family. I still feel it till this day. And um, he's asking us questions. He's always reaching out and all that stuff. And we appreciate him so much. Super dope, man. Listen, love fellas, y'all got any other questions? I got a couple more. So I don't want to boss it, but I'm excited on this one. So I will let y'all no, go, get in here if y'all got some questions. Go ahead, brother. Shoot. shoot. Nah, I, want, I mean, I want y'all to ask questions, too. We've been asking questions the whole time. I, 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 I We got I, answers. I am interested. <laughs> I'm interested in... You know the whole you dynamic are, of you working with your with your wife. We talked about this earlier. Um, like, how how are you guys kind of like balancing that? I mean, because you guys are in business together, you're obviously married, and I know we talked about uh, just on a previous episode. You know, kind of kind of separating our, our 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 work life from our private life. How? I mean, do you guys have to separate it, or are you guys just so? intertwined i mean how you guys deal with you know and being in business with your spouse so we do have to create a brew schedule we have created a brew schedule so that um one we are continuously producing you know we don't we don't like empty taps that's not what Mm -hmm. we do so Mm -hmm. we do create a brew schedule and then we have learned okay we've been working at this for I don't know, so many odd days. You know, when was the last time we went out? When was the last time we did this? When was the last time we did that? We do have to figure out how to turn that, you know, business owner off and turn it back into Mr. and Mrs. Because there, it can get to a point where the, the line is, is, is blurred. 
And mm-hmm. we don't want to get to a point where, okay, we're watching football and the next thing you know, oh, you know, let me let me do something to the website real quick or let me post this real quick. And, and I mean, not saying that it doesn't happen, but we mm-hmm. don't want it to get to a point where, um, you know, it, it takes over everything. Once you, Of course, once it's time to go to bed, we put the phones up, put the laptops up and it's just <laughs> up. And, you know, our house is a, a three three story house. So the bottom level where the garage is at, we've already said, like, OK, this is the brewery, you know, and all brewery talk is down here. Uh, we make things happen. And then when we go upstairs, you know, that's it. You know, and the only time we actually do brewery things up upstairs is if we're doing stuff for advertising or featuring on people's lives, featuring on podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Just because mm-hmm. it gets a little drafty down there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh but yeah, but other than that, um, and that's the biggest thing, and we, we still continue to to date each other. Uh we have those conversations, we have those talks because even still as you know, husband and wife, we still gotta have the hard talks as well, too. We still gotta talk about finances, right? And then mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. with the business, that's two sets of finances that we gotta talk about, you know. So um, and then you know, we 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 got our dog, and then you know, we're trying to start a family and, and stuff like that as well too. So these are all things that got a lot communi- communication is, it is, but we're doing it. We're, we're making it work. And that's one thing that I'm proud about because it's not like we're at each other's throats or anything like that. There, there's, there's been some days, but once again, mostly my fault, but from there, you know, <laughs> a lot of it is just definitely just, just trying to make it work, keeping the schedule, sticking to the schedule and it's working. And it does help that I've known him for quite some time. We're, we're high school sweethearts, been together for almost 15 years, been married for almost two. So it, it, it helps that we know each other. We know our buttons. We know our triggers. We make sure that we avoid those so that, you know, our personal life is great-ish <laughs> and so that our business life is great-ish as well. And then um, as far as the business is concerned, like, you know, I'm the social butterfly. My wife isn't, you I'm know learning. what I mean? But she she she's doing so great with it. But in the same aspect, like, you know, when there's an appearance of the wife, like I'm so honored and I feel that the places that, that she appear at, she definitely respects the people that she's, you know, preaching the gospel with and into. So, you know, she she knows y'all from, you know, from me saying like, oh, hey, I'm about to go up to, you know, Columbia and go, and go hang, hang with these guys and, and do a podcast. She's like, OK, be safe. You know, and then she got pissed that you know I gave away her beer. Oh but <laughs> I, hey, it's y'all mm-hmm. fault. I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking that. Hey. It's y'all fault. I apologize. <laughs> but no. But from from there, she she was like, she she's been on board with this, and it's it's just really dope. And I can't thank her enough. So you know, I love you. No. Oh, that's that, that that's precious. Now I know. I mean, being being entrepreneurs. I mean, and, and you guys may have other businesses. I'm not sure, but be uh, assuming you're you're new entrepreneurs. I know there's that there's that initial. Um, I would say kind of like a mental barrier where you've never you haven't been an entrepreneur like an entrepreneur before, or you haven't done something of this magnitude before, and there could be a sense of 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 fear or. Or hey, it, you know, can I do this? You know, obviously, you guys, you guys are, are, are breaking over. You've gotten over that initial hump. What what got you over that? Like what what motivated you to just be like, you know what, I'm gonna go for it. You know, because I know you talked about having resources and stuff before. 
How did you get over that initial hump? You want me to go or you want to go? I guess just talking, um, doing as much research as we can and having the confidence to say, okay, well, you know, my ish is good. Let me go ahead and, and push it out there. Um, of course, the worst thing that could happen is that we fail, but at least we tried. We, you know, can't continue with the what ifs of, you know, we have this plan, but you don't do nothing with it. So mm-hmm. at least we're out here trying to give it a go to to make it happen. But like I said, the worst thing that can happen is that we fail, but at least we have the uh, the satisfaction of saying that we tried. By any yeah. means necessary, this liquid must prevail. There is no quit. <laughs> there is no give up. There is no this fails. We got this. We're going to do it. And we're going to make it happen. And it's very bad for me to say, but in the same aspect, like, there's different avenues for us as African-Americans to pave the way in certain lanes in society. Like you still go back to the civil rights era. You have Martin Luther King, John Lewis, stuff like that. I'm not trying to be the Martin Luther King, Luther King Jr. of beer, but we can pave the way <laughs> and put ourselves on the map that this thing can happen. And creating that lane and creating that avenue, I would know that we can survive in this. We can make it happen. And we can make something to the point to where the younger generation can get in the beer and know that in whatever space that is, because you don't have to be a brewer to, to, to be in beer. You could be a malt farmer. You could be a hop farmer. You could be a biologist, chemist, uh, making yeast, th- things, things, things of that nature. And if we keep creating this, this, this circle and the cycle and this collective, um, you know, the sky's the limit. And, we got to take this thing to the fucking moon. For sure. I love the mindset that you guys have with it. And just like you said, I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, in your mindset is like, there's no other options. This, this, this has to work. And when you have something, <clears throat> when you have support and when you have people that are pushing you and you have, um, it's like you said, you, you have the mindset of the people that came before us, our forefathers, you know, coming before us and, and and trailblazing, it pretty much puts you in a position the way you you, you got to go for, you got to go for yours, and it, it brings awareness to other people um, that have innovative ideas and that want to put something out here and create something in the world. Um, so, I just support you guys, man, and just salute you guys for what you're doing with the beer company. I think it's amazing. I think it's great. Appreciate that. It's definitely definitely super super dope and. One one last one of my last questions for you guys. You know, you guys have accomplished so much already, right? So, what's next? What's next for what's next for Intrusion Brew Company? Like, what what do you guys? I mean, without giving up too much, you know, we don't want we don't want the people to know what you got behind the scenes. But what do you guys have in mind, and what what do you want to see happen next, and, and as far as moving this thing forward? I got it. So, so, so two things, right? So right now we want to get to the point to where we're actually licensed and legal. So we can actually start, you know, ringing the cash register is the best way to say, start making sales. But in line with that, if we can't do that, we still want to do avenues to where we can still get the liquid across people's palates. So next month, the DMV collective, if if that's what we want to call ourselves, 
Um, we got two events next month that we're going to be a part of. Um, one is that we're going to be at the Brass Tap in the uh, National Harbor, which is it's, it's a franchise uh, beer bar, but it's, this franchise is actually owned by a black husband and wife operation. Um, and we think it'd be so dope to do to have the Black Craft Beer Collective there uh, supporting a black owned business in February. Right. So be on the lookout for that. We, we got something going on with that. And then uh, we'll actually be at a, a at a off off premise site. Um, beer store called Whitey's up in uh, what's that? Lithicum Heights, Lithicum Heights Maryland. Um, so I think that might be more close y'all way. I don't know. Um, but it's yeah, all, that's close. Yeah. Yeah. That's right here. Yeah. Come up there. Uh, the collectors are all trying to gather up there as well, too. Um, Alex, you'll probably be able to meet Sean because he'll be there um, and go from there. And then um, what else? Later on in the year, so August, Barrel and Flow, we want to be there. But this time, we want to be pouring at Barrel, Barrel and Flow. We went there last wow. year to introduce ourselves. I think the greatest one-year turnaround and the greatest one-year achievement is to be like, all right, it took us a full year. We're back at Barrel and Flow, and we're actually pouring to the masses and going from there um later in the year we want to get into contract brewing uh so we can start brewing in abundance so instead of us doing five to 15 gallons we can do anywhere between like what maybe 600 gallons i don't know some along those lines so um and from there the sky's the limit and just create capital to the point to where we can start breaking ground somewhere down here in brandywine to start our own brick and mortar man man but listen that's great man that's a sound like a plan. The OTR boys are behind this. Um, yes, we are. Any, any support that you need, you guys need, of course, we we gonna we gonna be there. We got you. So just give us a we're shout. We're gonna always pull up. We will always pull up. But I gotta get this one in too. I gotta give a reminiscence. I gotta show a reminiscence. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, you you, you uh, have to put the pizza, the picture with the pizza. Hey man, like this is this is. <laughs> This was Are those real truly's on the table. That okay, is some yeah, truly's, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a spirit bomb. That That's a spirit oh bomb. Hey, look at you talking. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> hey, you know, so that's reminiscent, man, of some great work we put together that night, man. And we always appreciate that was awesome. the fellow, was the fellowhood, awesome, and and of course, man. Whenever you guys come back, man, we got to do this again. We got to collab again, man. Uh, oh yeah. We're ready we gotta for make it, you this know, collab you know. again, man. That was that was great. It did Co- well. COVID People be damn. Yeah. COVID be damn. The hell with COVID. The hell with COVID. But listen, man. I'll, this is the time I want to give you, you guys the opportunity to plug your stuff, your your social medias, your websites, anything you want people to know, where they can find you, where they can talk to you guys, where they can maybe you know try your try your your liquid. You know, plug away, guys. <laughs> Pull up. So, first and foremost, uh, Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company, Libco for short, uh, libcobeer.com. Uh, that's our website. You'll see everything on there. Our uh, extended uh, roundtable discussion with WUSA9 is on there as well, too. It's about 30 minutes long, so you can get to see everybody and who they are and what they do for the collective of, of the Black Crack Brewers of, of the DMV. Um, sign up to our newsletter. It's like a little bubble down to like the bottom left. Mm-hmm. Um, from there... You can put your name, your email, and all that stuff, and you'll be a part of our newsletter. So when we have things that's, that's coming out, we'll shoot it out to everybody so everybody knows. Um, social media, Twitter, Instagram, LibcoBeer2021. And TikTok, if you're into that. And TikTok, if, if you're into it. I use it to, to pretty much steal the music. But anyways, <laughs> um, 
from there. Um, uh, Facebook, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook, Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company as well. And uh, pretty much everything that uh, comes in, whether it's via DM or whatever the case may be, it comes to both of our phones. So somebody will be re replying back to you. So, Mike, everything that you sent me, she saw. So, okay. Thank cool. you. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know, I won't say, hey, bro, I sent the link. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Because the, the person that, that you need to talk to, you'll be talking to. And, and we, cool. we know that. Cool. Cool. Well, listen, man, this is around the time uh, we close out. So, fellas, man, the OTR boys, any any last thing, any 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 well wishes for these guys? We closing out, so this is the time. What you got, B? Uh, yeah, well wishes, of course. Like I said before, man, y'all y'all seem like y'all doing exactly what you guys need to be doing. Mm -hmm. I'm happy for you both. Um, just let us know how we can help, man. Just let us know how we can help. Come on, what you got, bro? Appreciate it. No, just um. Thank you guys for coming out and being able to, you know, to spread awareness and um, to talk to the followers and the viewers um, and to share your story. <clears throat> it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's uplifting. Um, and you know that, you, you know, you have our support in everything that you guys do. Um, thank you guys once again. And, um, you know, like I said, we'll be supporting you guys always. Alex, what you got? Bro? Appreciate that, man. Man, genuinely impressed by you guys and, and, and really proud of you, really happy for you. And I, I would imagine you guys are going to achieve all kinds of success. So uh, I'm happy to, to be able to hear a little bit of you guys' story. I'm also really proud to see you all put your love on display, right? A black man, a black woman. There's a lot of people that, that act like we can't, like black men and black women can't get along, like our relationships don't work. For you guys to, to love each other, support each other in this business, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed by all of that, man. So. I can't wait to try your beer because I'm going to try your beer even though I'm not a beer drinker. I'm going to try it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. the high water right there. Alex, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Ned, uh, like I said at the beginning, this, was a this is a special episode for me. Uh, Drew, you know I've always said to you, man, like, you need to do a beer pit podcast or something, man. You're, like, you're very talented in this. So, to see you doing this, man, I, I, I am I am more and beyond happy for you guys. And like Alex said, to see you, the two of you, a black, beautiful black couple, um, doing y'all thing. Man, by the way, y'all was fly at y'all wedding. I saw the pictures of you. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, man. You know, Appreciate but, that. Uh, you know, so again, man, anything you need from us, um, we, we're there. We appreciate y'all coming on. Jasmine, thank sure. you uh, for for joining Drew. I know he said you don't, you don't like to do this all the time, so we appreciate you really coming yes, coming yes. on this and, and blessing us with your presence. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We gotta do this again, thank man. Next time y'all got something else going on, come on, man. Let's push this sure. out for people. Sure. Next release or something like that, you know, we, we got, gotta have y'all press it out for us. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. Seriously, you know, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, OTR Mike, man, uh, the Beer God shirt is actually hanging up in, in our office, just so yeah. you know. So yeah. it's yeah. always it's inspiration and stuff like that. Uh, I, I got it in the mail and I was like, man, I want to wear it. But I'm like, nah, I don't want to wear it. I got to <laughs> hang this joint up. So the jersey in the back. Pretty much, you know what I'm saying? Legendary. So we, we appreciate it. We appreciate everything that y'all do. Y'all keep doing y'all thing. Y'all keep pressing on. Y'all keep going with, with, with the OTR. 
um, and everything else that, that you got going on. Up, produce dope content. Y'all know that. Y'all, y'all are legends in this game. Each and every one of y'all. So keep doing what you do. Appreciate y'all, and may the liquid always prevail, man. Right. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh you. I'm trying to pull up to one of them events, man. Hey like man, I we said, gonna, we we gonna talk off the live, man. Okay, we always gonna pull up, Chad. <laughs> but listen, if you see this logo, support Drew and Jasmine, aka hashtag Mister and Mrs. Beer God. They in the game. They about to kill it. They about to take over this thing. All right. So if you see this, support, follow. We're here, our children. <laughs> All of <laughs> the All right, people. We appreciate y'all listening in. Until next time, we out. Peace. 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 Peace.